Kanya, thanks very much for joining us. You're obviously focused on the infrastructure side. Um, the macroeconomic outlook presents the market with challenges from rising interest rates, high inflation, and continuing supply chain disruptions. So what does this mean in terms of infrastructure investing? There's a lot of uh, dark clouds on the horizon, Richard, and we look forward to um, recession in Europe, recession in the U US. And I think as well, the macro cycle is changing. So we come out of a decade of ultra low interest rates. Now we have very rapidly raising um, interest rates. We have structurally high inflation. And in this type of environment, uh, infrastructure as an asset class is actually positioned well. It's positioned better than other asset classes. And I say there's three reasons for it. So the first one is resilience. I think a lot has been talked about the defensive nature of infrastructure companies, the essential services that they provide. But I think that there's a lot more to it. There's another dimension, and that's the diversity of the asset class. So we're talking about very high commodity prices, unprecedented power prices in Europe. And in this type of environment, the addition of new sectors like digital, like renewables, really will limit the exposure of the asset class to these variables. I think the second thing as well to think about is the structural growth. So no matter what the macro environment is like, we still are going in this journey towards net zero, the decarbonization is there, digitalization. They provide uh, very uh, strong uh, tailwinds for infrastructure investing and also not to mention demographics, right? And the third one is that I think investors continue to uh, vouch confidence in the asset class. Uh, there's been more than $150 billion, and that's according to Infralogic, uh, of uh, fundraising in 2022. So, so a lot of capital is actually a record year. And I think that that's not just because of the appeal of infrastructure in this macro cycle, but also because it checks a lot of ESG boxes. There's been a big focus in terms of um, energy um, over the past 12 months, particularly renewable energy. How do you see that in the context of, uh, of, of the last 12 months, particularly the Ukraine war as well on the outlook for energy infrastructure and particularly that new energy sector? So it's uh, very much true that uh, a lot changed in 2022 with the war in Ukraine. I think there's a lot more increased focus on energy security and increased focus on affordability. So what it means is that governments, when you look at the policies, when you look at the strategies that they rolled out in 2022, they're targeting a diverse energy mix, especially in Europe. Uh, the focus is uh, let's uh, diversify from Russian natural gas, let's have a more diverse energy mix, gas storage challenge, etc. There are also governments paying a lot of uh, attention in terms of uh, how are clients going to struggle with energy bills, the affordability issue. And in this type of environment, while the focus is on energy security, I don't think that energy transition has been sidetracked. I actually think that long term, all of those three dimensions can move in the same track. And let me tell you why, why is that uh, you mentioned renewables. Renewables is a big solution to the net zero, to, you know, the climate change urgency. And in a situation of very high fossil fuel prices, power prices, renewables are becoming ever more cost competitive. Actually, the gap between renewables and fossil fuel generation has widened in 2022. The economics are stronger now. So it checks the affordability box. It also checks the security box because you generate from wind, you generate from solar, you're self-sufficient as a country. And that's why we saw a lot of momentum 
the policy in Europe, Ripaori, you also, I think, the suggested increase in targets from 40 to 45 percent. But that's not just Europe. I mean, we also saw it in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act. I think there's a lot of momentum to roll out renewables as fast as possible. And, and looking towards 2023, Tanya, um, I suppose, what do you see as the, the key challenges and, of course, the opportunities? Well, I would say that I'm more optimistic for 2023, uh, obviously with uh, some caution. For a period of time, I think it will take time for infrastructure investors to adjust to the new economic realities, to start reflecting the higher funding costs, the higher cost of capital in their investment decisions. But I also think that now supply chain issues have started to ease. Uh, we will see a lot more investment opportunities, and a lot of them are going to be in the green sectors in the green green field in EV chargers, in electrification of transport, clean energy. But I think that one of the things that also should excite us a lot more as infrastructure investors is also about the role that the legacy infrastructure will play. Traditional infrastructure, such as the power grid, I think it will actually claim the, the biggest share of investment. It needs to be a lot more resilient. It needs to be accommodating to the intermittency of renewable power. And I think that we should be more excited and we should be more upfront about this investment story when it comes to decarbonization of the existing assets. Yeah, I think that decarbonization is, is a really interesting angle there as well, Tanya. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you.